Welcome, everybody, to Mormons on Mushrooms. Uh, just a reminder that this is a storytelling podcast where we discuss alternative methods for healing from trauma and seeking a more fulfilling life. A lot of times on the podcast, we discuss triggering topics, and we ask that you make your personal mental health top priority. Uh, lastly, the opinions offered by our guests don't necessarily reflect the opinions of the hosts. Sit back, buckle up, and enjoy. Shalisa, it's been good to have you back for this one. It's been a minute. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. It's always fun having our chats. Yeah, I mean, I need them. So, <laughs> <laughs> me too. So, Doug's currently traveling the country right now. So, we're doing this uh, intro. Um, but I like doing it with you. This is this is yeah. fun. Yeah, me too. And you're fresh off a trip from Tulum, so you're glowing. You have the Tulum glow. Do I? Yeah, I got like three full days of sun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the pictures looked amazing, and you know, Tulum's like the, the kind of the rage these days. It sounds like I, I don't know everyone I'm following on Instagram is going to Tulum. Exactly. That's why um, Jonathan and I are looking to buy property down there because it's booming, and they're getting an airport within a year, and so or like two years. Um, so they expect the tourism to triple. So we're like, yeah, let's get in on the ground floor. <laughs> I mean, is that where we're building Zion really? Yes, in Tulum? It probably <laughs> looks like it. That's like the <laughs> wellness community. They call it like um, boho chic, but on steroids because of all the money. It's like super expensive down there. So yeah, it's a very, it's almost like corporatized boho, but you can find little pockets that are more authentic. Hmm. Well, I mean, nothing against Missouri, but I'd rather go to Tulum than Missouri. <laughs> For real. For <laughs> right? real. Uh. But this was a fun episode. It was fun to have us all together. It was fun to bring on Britt, who's a member of our community. Yes. And she's rad, right? Like that was, she's not only rad, but she's wise. She's mm -hmm. got just the coolest energy. And it was a, just a fun discussion. Yeah, she's magical. She has a lot of, like you just said, wise. I was going to say she has a lot of wisdom. And then I realized you already said that double wise. <laughs> double wise. And she's also got a lot of credentials. So she's uh, one of our Canadian members of our um, uh, Mighty Networks community. And uh, she has a master's of education in counseling psychology. She also has a few Canadian certifications, which is a CCC, a Canadian certified counselor, and a CCPA, which is a Canadian Counseling and Psychotherapy Association. Oh, with the, oh, I screwed that up. <laughs> what? No, you did it. No, she has a CCC with the CCPA. Yes. Anyway, she's got a lot of letters. And <laughs> she has all the things. And not only that, she does hypnotherapy and she said she's been working with plant medicines for 11 years. So she really has that crossover. It's like everything you'd want in a therapist, someone who is clinically certified, but someone who also understands spirituality, plant medicine, deep transformative healing, all of that good stuff. She's She's got it all. Yeah. One of the cool things is that she is a nevermo in our community. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things we touch upon is the value of uh, getting out of our own echo chamber sometimes and having an outsider's perspective. So she uh, gives a lot of cool insights on her perspective on Mormonism and being involved in a mostly post-Mormon community and, and the value in that. And also the value of having uh, Nevermos in that community as well. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think she offers some great perspective from her end of things. And she can also, she can validate the crazy for Mormonism, but then she can help us kind of work through it because she is coming from that outsider perspective, which is extremely helpful. Exactly. So uh, this is such a fun discussion. Um, you'll enjoy it. Before we get there, wanted to do a plug. So at least uh, earlier before we hit record, we were talking about our solstice outfits that both of us are still working yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, I had a plan and that's gone down the drain. So I need to come up with a new one. And we got less than a month or a month. Yeah, less than a month now. So June 24th to 26th. I better get on it. Yeah. So come, uh, so uh, like the, the camp is full, but like, like our camp, but you can still camp around us and by us and, uh, hang out with us all day. Um, Mm -hmm. so the, the camp, we, we limited the, like to 50 people, the people who were coming to help us build the camp, but we hope many more come and experience it with us. Yeah. And just come say hello and hang out with us. And yeah, it's going to be a party. Um, so that's coming up. That's like the only other major thing to plug other than, um, we'd love your support. We have uh, in the the show notes, we have various ways that you can support the podcast, including our Venmo, including, uh, becoming a Patreon and including being a part of the mighty networks community. Yeah. We, we appreciate all the love, any and all love. And if that just means listening to the podcast every week, we love that too. If that means donating, that's great. Whatever you can do to send us your good vibes, we're for it. Well, and you know, you, you have to afford that place in Tulum now. I know. So. <laughs> that's why I don't have an outfit anymore. I had to return some corsets that I bought. I was like, girl, you don't need these corsets. You need that place in Tulum more. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, um, you guys enjoy this episode. Shalise, thanks for doing this with me. And of course. Yeah. Enjoy, guys. Much love. Doug, that was like a cool beginning you just said there, actually. What did I say? I'm trying to remember. It's it's in the not readiness. Oh. It's where we find our magic. magic. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, Brett. Brett. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I've been doing this for too long together. Yeah. You sync up. Um, yeah. Let's let's try to let's all try to sync up for a second here and just get into this thing. Um, Britt, normally we'll do like a intro afterwards, and so I mean we can just start chatting about like what's up, girl. What have you been doing lately? <laughs> like, let's start there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, lately's been really weird. I mean. With the Friday the thirteenth, and uh, on the on a weekend of a full moon, total lunar eclipse. How's everybody doing? Because we just Yikes. made it through the eclipse. Maybe we should yeah, start it's there. A, it's been a rough week for me. I'm, yeah, it's been a rough one. Like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of feels this week. Same. Yeah. yeah, it feels like there's so much upheaval in the world right now, just in general, hearing all these horrible stories of shootings and this and that and family stuff. And it's just like, holy crap, is it going to end? Yeah, I don't think it's going to end, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't saying, I wasn't saying yeah to answer the question, is it going to be end? I was just saying, yeah, like, yeah, girl, go. Yeah. No, yeah. I wanted to jump in there and answer it. I wanted to give some wisdom and say it's never going to end. <laughs> we're in it. We're in it. Um, yeah. But Brett, uh, when was the, we were on here? How long ago? 
chat with you? I mean, just me and you. Oh, oh, I don't. Was that last year? I think maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think, yeah. So I'm happy. I'm excited to be back on here doing it. Cause that was such a fun chat. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I haven't done too much with that. Well, I've started getting, I'm actually editing that episode, but it's taking me forever because I work on it in like little spurts. So, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's happening. It'll, it'll come out eventually. <laughs> Plus editing, Perfect. editing is no easy task. Like shout out Seth, if you're listening, editing yeah. is not easy. Um, so can we get back to the f- Friday the 13th and the yeah, and sorry, I took a little weird talk. Solar eclipse. <laughs> yes. Is that? Oh, yes. I didn't mean to change directions. Yeah. I just thought I, I just had a thought to go back to that for a second. So when I when I said that I've been feeling all the feels, I, I was kind of lying. I, I haven't. I've been feeling all of the uh, tougher feelings to feel. You know the 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 joy and and wonder and excitement that that, that has been maybe not so much a part of my week. I've been feeling a lot of like kind of in the dumps to put it, you know, you know, bluntly. Um, and I'd like, I'd like to talk about all of these different things that, that, uh, can have an effect on the mood. Cause for me, it's been, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Mike, we talked about, uh, the, the stage and, and the part that we all play. And maybe sometimes we feel like we're wearing a mask, you know, that's, I mean, that's, I think everybody, everybody, I mean, they make movies about that's pretty common stuff, but I've been going more and more down my own little spiral about that role that I play for everybody for, I mean, everywhere I go, it's like, you know, Shalice, you're an actress, but I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about like method actors, you know, you think about like Daniel Day Lewis, he gets on there and he, if he's going to play a role, he like lives that role. Right. Mm-hmm. Leading up to it, lives it <clears throat> during he lives it. And I'm just thinking to myself, no, that motherfucker is getting a break from his normal method acting. <laughs> That's one way to think of it. Doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's escapism. It's escapism. In some right? way. Hey, like ultimate take on a completely different thing and can blame it on. Yeah, exactly. Never mind. Have you seen, have you seen, oh, is it called Jim and Andy? That might be what it's called. No, it's on Netflix and it's Jim Carrey did this portrayal oh, of this yeah. comedian, Andy, I forget his last name. Kaufman. Yeah. And he went so deep into character and it like this, and this shows it all. And it's, yeah. If you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend because it blew my mind. I had watched it on a landing from a journey, a mushroom journey. And uh, yeah. And I, and I was like, yeah, it's very much like what we're talking about. Yeah, he he did. He really did go method on that. And that other character that Andy Kaufman played, I can't remember his name. It's like Tony. I can't remember the, the big. Obnoxious yeah, Tony. Guy. He's on there, too. Yeah. And I from what I understand, I haven't watched the documentary, but just from like things I've read about it and things I've heard, like when he went into that character, God, that's going to kill me not remembering that character's name. But when he would go into that character, he also Jim Carrey himself changed and went into that character and was method and just like being mean to people on the set, being inappropriate, just doing all that kind of stuff. And that has to fuck with you a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it does. I've, I've been there. I've played some roles where afterwards I was like, I'm going to need a minute guys. (laughs) Like I'm going to need to step away. 
And it's interesting that we're talking about this. Um, I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was like a tarot card reader or psychic or something. Uh, Vedic astrologer, I think it was. She was saying that when I play roles, I'm not just channeling a part of myself. I'm channeling other people. It's like, it's yeah. So she goes, just, just know that you're going to probably channel an actual person or energy and then you'll need to kind of clear yourself off afterwards so that it doesn't stick around in your aura. It's like, Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So getting back, Doug, it's somehow tying into what you were saying though. I'm tying it back to what you were because we got into this acting thing, but it's how you've been feeling, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've just been feeling, you know, we, 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 I'm imposter syndrome and like, what if, what if everyone from like my acquaintances to people I've met once to everyone who knows me and loves me, like, what if they find out, what if they, what if they find out? Like what, of like who I really am, you know, what I'm really like, what I'm really about and just how, how different and shocking that might be to people. And it's like, I'm feeling that a lot I, I, and I can't escape it. It's like, it, like I said, the spiral, it's just like, you know, I'll try to do some breathing. I'll try to do some meditation. And it's just like, I, I'm, I'm having a tough time shaking it. So I'm curious to the three of you and, you know, Shalisa, I love that you just talked about how you have to take some time to clear that. I don't know what there is to clear. Cause I don't know what's, what's real and what's pretend, you know, I don't know what's the character Doug and, and the, the other, other Doug, Odie, yeah. other Doug. And so I'm just trying to figure out some ways to get away from that rumination and, and maybe, or just sit with it. I I've been sitting with it and I'm getting exhausted, you know? So I'm, mm-hmm. that's something I would love to talk about for a few minutes. Yeah. Well, and it, it, yeah, it's crazy because I'm like, well, of course this is coming up because what's been sort of floating around uh, through the collective and and actually I had a, a journey on uh, Friday the 13th. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And it's usually a, it's a lucky day for me. So I was like, yeah, woohoo. And we didn't even realize we always end up booking these journeys ahead of time. And we don't really pay attention to the lunar cycles, but they always end up being like, oh yeah, we're tripping on the lion's gate or, oh yeah, yeah. we're doing, it's just like, whoops. Yeah. And it all comes together perfectly somehow. Like, Isn't it funny how that just happens? It just, yeah. 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 So, so um, yeah. So we, that was a big theme in kind of, um, overarching like this whole fear of abandonment, fear of rejection from others, right? Because if people find out that I have these other parts of me or that like I have secret desires or, you know, um, just my truth, if, if I show people my truth, if I speak my truth, they're going to leave or they're going to reject me. And that was something that I had to face on in my trip on Friday. And then everybody's been talking about it, clients and all the like friends. Like I just talked to somebody about it on the phone before I got on this call. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it's floating around and it's this, it's this, it's like the masks we were talking about, like being able to take those off and take the risk of being just who we are, warts and all you know, good and bad. Um, 
and being as true to, to that as we can and letting the chips fall where they may, because what I've realized is that people are going to leave, right? People will reject me. I'm not for everyone. And that our paths, like, you know, they dip in and out. People come in and out and then sometimes they come back or sometimes they don't. And that's kind of how it's always been and how it feels like it's always going to be. And so I've been getting to this space of really accepting that it's going to hurt anyway. Cause I'm like, well, I want to love people, but then I don't want to love people as much. And it's like, well, it's going to hurt either way. So love them now and don't smother them and try and make them stay or try to bend myself to be something that I'm not because it's killing me on the inside, right? It hurts to not be who I am. And so I'm just going to take the risk and the people who want to be in my life and like that will stay. And those who don't, doesn't drive with them, they'll go and it'll be fucking sad. And it's going to break my heart and I hate it. And I don't want it to happen. I don't want to make new friends because I don't want it to happen, you know, but it does anyway. So it's part of it. Right. But it's like the, it's that, that, that quote of like, when the, when the, the, the pain, the, the risk of, of the pain of staying enclosed in the bud hurts more than the risk of, of popping open and seeing what's up. And I feel like we're all getting to this place where it's like, I can't, I can't pretend anymore. I don't know about you guys, but I'm totally yeah. like, I'm burnt out. I'm like, I got nothing. Can't pretend. I love that. It seems like, I don't know if that helps. <laughs> Seems like you're describing cycles of life, right? The cycles of anything, because that's it's like the the core of existence is everything happens in cycles. And it's so crazy that you're bringing up the mask thing and that it's a common theme that you've noticed because 100% that's happening in my life right now where people's true nature is coming up. Maybe it's ugly, maybe it's beautiful, but I think there's a lot of purging happening right now and a lot of traumas resurfacing, which at the end of the day means rebirth. So when you're able to purge the old, that's when the new emerges and it's even more beautiful and more exciting and expansive than it was before. Just like you were saying, it's easier the pain is better to go through the breaking through of the shell instead of staying small, but man, the reward is so much greater. Yeah. But sometimes Shalise, I love that you said that, but sometimes there's a part of me. It's funny that kind of wants to say, fuck you a little bit. Can I say, <laughs> yeah, cause that's so you're so true and it's so beautiful, but when you're in it, it's almost like you don't want to hear about rebirth. I know that can help oh, you. Of course not. Yeah. And so that's what I mean by it. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. like when you're in those cycles of like, if I show myself, I will be rejected. Oh. It reminds me of that song that Tess uh, sang on our podcast. Yeah. It said, after all that, that exposed, I'm scared that you'll see after all that exposed, you're only just me. I'm, I'm only just me. Oh, such and a good so, line. Yeah. We have this deep fear that if people really saw us, no, they really saw, yeah, but you, you might love me, but you don't know me Yeah. that if that's exposed and you could see it in, you could say it's a personal issue. Like, Oh, we learned it in Mormonism because we were shamed and we had to hide all these parts of ourselves because they were bad or uh, sinful. And so you could say, Oh, it stems from that, but it also goes so much deeper. 
than that. You know, this archetypal feeling of, and I, and Britt, you were kind of saying it hurts either way, because what we're really hurting from is that we've done it to ourselves. Yeah. And so if we've done that to ourselves, we were the ones that separated that part from ourselves, those unwanted parts. And so it becomes a self deception thing and a self betrayal that we've projected out or fear that others will do that back to us. And mm-hmm. anyway, so sorry, I didn't mean to like, I was just like, was trying to voice, you know, you know, like when it had the, it had a little bit of an energy of, you know, like at a, at a funeral, when someone says it's okay that they died for a reason. Oh yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, yeah. and you kind of go, mm-hmm. I've, you, you mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, but it's, you know, have you guys seen uh, Euphor- Euphoria? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a line towards the end of this last season where she says, you know, her, her father dies in that show and she's at the funeral and someone comes up and says that to her in that, sorry, in that episode, she says that always made me so mad, but then I realized that I need to find the reason or I need to find a reason. You need to shift your story, shift the narrative. And anyway, that's what I meant by it. <laughs> yeah, yeah that I, makes sense it, it's hard though it's hard because like Shalise is right like and and we all know this at some level but the problem is you have to come to that on your own like through the journey of it right it's like through the dark night of the soul kind of vibes even if that's like just a shitty Monday that you're having and it's like it's really intense you know but you have to come to that space of right you know I can I can make it through this. And like, there's, you know, there is something on the other side of this and there's some sort of purpose that it's, that it's, it's weaving itself into my tapestry, even if it's like, Oh shit, that was a fuck up. (laughs) Can I swear on here? Oh, I just did. (laughs) I think everybody asks that, but I'm just like, yeah, yeah. You fucking swear. Um, it's, so I'd love, uh, I, and it's funny because I guess I'm always asking for tips and and the answers are all similar. Like, yeah, man, let's do some breathing. Let's come face to face with that. Let's do meditate. But I would love some tips of being in the thick of it. I'll, I'll, an example yeah. is this, um, a couple of podcasts ago, Mike and I were talking about this feeling that we're having, but from the perspective of someone else. And it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're all very quick to forgive and quick to uh, come back to one another and and love each other's weaknesses, strengths, weirdness, whatever. But we don't, we, I, I don't often uh, believe that about it coming back toward me, you know? And an example is on that, po- on that podcast where Mike and I talked about this, I had said, you know, I can name, there's two or three people in my whole life that that rift was so great that I had to cut them out of my life. I had to maybe just like back away from them type of thing. You know, Britt, you were talking about that new, it's like, I have to make new friends now. You know, this was one of those things. I had, I had let this guy see some of me and then he, then he betrayed that, you know? And I was just like, I got to, and this was years ago. And then, you know, he randomly out of nowhere reached today, reached out to me with just kind of like a pretty innocuous, just like check-in kind of thing, you know? But it was just, it came to me during already rough kind of emotional thing a week. 
And it just kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, now what? This is this fucking harbinger of bad doom? Like what's going on now? You know? So I'd love to talk about methods, not, not just like short-term right now methods, but like Mm -hmm. modalities we can put into our life that will help us navigate some of these things. Yeah. Hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's tough because like on one hand too, it's like, there is no right way to do this. It's so messy and raw and vulnerable. And like, it's like, you're in it, you know, you're in the shit and you're slogging along like, Oh my God, what is this? It just keeps getting worse or whatever. And at, at that point, you know, I think like you kind of do what you can, what you need to, to get through it. But the idea and what I think we want to cultivate here in ourselves is, you know, compassion. Like when you talk about, you know, I'll accept people if they come back, but I don't think that they're going to accept me. You know, if they walk away, I don't think that they would have me back, even though I have them back. And it's like the only, and there's a lot of like cliches that I like roll my own eyes when I use them. And it's only because like I run into them too. And I'm like, Oh, I know, you know, I get all like me, you stupid cliche being right. You know, I want to have one original thought and it all comes down. Yeah. I know just one, right. It'll happen maybe one day. It's going to feel weird, (laughs) but yeah, it's like the, the whole, like, um, um, the, you, the only thing that you can actually change is you. And by changing you, you start changing what you're doing and putting out in the world, which then changes the world around you. But you have to start in here, right? So actually, if you're worried that people won't accept you once they've rejected you and, you know, if you go back, like, then you're worried about that from you. And, you know, and I know we, we see like these really, you know, dark parts of ourselves, shadow parts, creepy fucking parts. Like, how did that get in there? Jesus, like, you know, and uh, and and it's really easy to to dismiss them or like, well, nobody could love me if, because of this thing. And so we push them away and we outcast them. Right. And, uh, and then we end up like playing it out in real life because we haven't ourselves accepted these parts. Like maybe you wouldn't hide them if you actually like sat down and had a couple of beers with them and see what's up and like, you know, Hey guys. So when you do this, it's not super helpful, but like, maybe you could do your job over here like this instead. And then it would, you know, and like make friends with your, with all of them, but you have to accept you first. Otherwise you're always going to put out that energy of like, Ooh, you know, like people pick up on our energy. So even if you're not aware that you're putting out this energy that says like, don't accept me back. And they're like, okay, <laughs> because that's what you're doing within your own system. So how can you be mirroring or putting out anything else? Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I, I think to add to that, the yes and statement, something that works for me is instead of saying, I don't think anyone will accept me for who I am, switching it to a positive statement saying, what if everyone did accept me for who I am and see what feelings come up and see if maybe you're blocking your own progress just based in fears because you're on the negative side of the spectrum, not saying toxic positivity, because that's absolutely, (laughs) that doesn't work. But something came up with me recently where I, I 
put on this dress and it was so stunning. And I looked in the mirror and something, a little voice came up and said, who do you think you are that you could wear a dress this beautiful? Mm. Oh. And I heard that and it just like stung to my core. And immediately, because I've been working on myself and I understand things come up that aren't necessarily my thoughts and maybe it's programming, which is another thing I wanted to talk about is maybe some of the things that you have going on in your head and your psyche aren't actually yours to begin with. So it came up and then I recognized it and I said, what do you mean? Of course you're worthy enough to wear a dress. This amazing. And right in that moment, I just teared up because I knew that that was true because I felt that it was true, but it took me asking the question and putting it back on myself to really have that response. And then once I allowed myself to feel beautiful in that dress, everything changed. And there was this lightness and my heart felt amazing. Sorry. There's so much happening on my side. I'm going to speak myself real quick. <laughs> you got poltergeist in there. <laughs> Ooh. Um, it reminds me of Doug. We were chatting about this earlier um, about, you know, often uh, when those parts come up, come out, we then shame them because something happens and something happens that we, or we fear that something's happened that will reaffirm our, our, our narrative. And so we wonder, you know, why, why did we do this? What, what, why did I fuck up? I'm so stupid. Um, but when you fill in and accept that person, instead of, you know, the person who acted out the shadow side of you, they acted out and did the thing you didn't want to do. When you instead listen and say, well, why did you do that thing? You may be surprised at what the answer is. And then you might say, oh, I see, I see why you were doing that. You know, maybe it's like, you don't stick up for us enough. Like you don't push back on your boundaries and you sacrifice us for them. And you can go, oh shit, I do. Or, you know what? I, uh, you know, the site that size taking over because you're not meeting their needs. And so when you love them, you can realize, oh, my motive, even though it's something I, you know, I would have done differently. My motive was pure or it came from a pure place. Hmm. And, and then that's not a monster to show anyone, you know, you, it's a beautiful, at that point, you're like, I'm not letting my monsters out. I'm just letting this part of me out now. And that's easier said than done, though. Yeah. It brings up so many emotions when you go through it. It really does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it really does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to finish my thought now that like the ghosts are gone, <laughs> my purse literally just fell off a chair. And then right when that happened, a siren went by. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> so I think I might have been onto something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just wanted to go back to also tying back into the, the eclipse and everything, this energy that's coming up is I think a lot of times we take on the collective energy as a whole. So things are going on around us and we just soak it up like a sponge and it may feel like it's a dark part of us, but in reality, it's not our energy to carry. So doing meditations where you give back the energy of the world, where you clear out your space, I think just something that simple can bring you back to ground zero and then you can reassess and think, okay, now, now who am I now? How do I feel now? What am I burdened with? Or maybe I'm feeling okay. Yeah. 
And if you're not feeling okay, then you can take the next step of, okay, this really is something within me. Maybe it's a trauma or maybe it's a learned behavior, or maybe it's just something that I'm working through right now, but it's not me to my core. So I think before we automatically just go right to the, I'm bad and no one's going to like me if they knew who I was kind of peeling away all of those layers first and getting to the bottom of it. Yeah. I'm loving this conversation. Yeah. We dove, we dove right in the deep, didn't we? Yeah. We dove yeah. in quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so good. It, it's that piece of like, uh, needing to almost, you know, cause Shalise, I love what you said about like the reframe, right? Like, well, why can't, why don't I, deserve to wear this dress, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, I think the problem is, is that those parts, like they, a lot of this comes from internal family systems, uh, therapy, which is an incredible modality. I would highly recommend to everybody. Um, and it's something that you can learn and you to just start to do it on your own. It's really effective, but those parts, you know, they, take over. It's like, you're a, you're a big bus <laughs> and like your bad parts, like, fucking get out of the way I'm driving, you know? And it's like, Oh no, what did I do? You know? And we allow that a lot of the time because we're not conscious, right? When I'm conscious, then it's me in the driver's seat. It's my, my, my true self or my observer, my, my witness or whatever we want to call it is me. And so you're speaking to that because that's the me that's going to ask those questions. It's going to be like, well, you know, guys explain it to me. Why not? You say no, but someone else says, yeah, so maybe I like that one better, (laughs) right? Like, what do I actually resonate with as well that's going on inside of me? Because like you said, maybe some of this isn't mine. Maybe it's my coach's voice from when I was seven years old, or maybe, you know, it's my mom's voice or a parent or something like the, the, you know, the church, (laughs) the church's voice. Like there's all this stuff inside of us that really like, it's not, it's not ours, but it gets pulled into our subconscious and like created into our internal universe. And when you start to take psychedelics, you start to run into some weird stuff in there. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, we, yeah, that's, that's interesting to uh, a topic to bring up my, we went to dinner with my parents last night and they were were just chit chat and all that kind of stuff. And then my mom was like, well, guess what we did today? And I, you know, I was like, Oh, what'd you do? And she said, we bought a lawnmower. And I, I kind of like crinkled my brow because they live in a, uh, like they live in like a community that they pay an HOA and it's like oh. everybody, everybody yeah. mows a lawn. They're like, <laughs> they got a company that comes in and mows a lawn. Right. And so I was like, why did you buy a lawnmower? My dad was like, uh, because I don't, they don't mow it good enough. I don't like the way they mow it. And so I'm going to mow it instead. I'm going to mow my, my lawn and my neighbor's lawn instead. And later, and it, for, yeah, we just moved on. It was ha ha, you know, dad, you're crazy. All that kind of stuff. But later on, I was kind of recognizing something in that. And I, I turned to my wife and was like, imagine that statement, but about everything in your life and your still in your adolescence and and formative years. And it's backed up by the fucking church that says, this is the only truth. And this is the way it kind of hit me. Like it hit me pretty hard, you know, like that thing of, well, no wonder I never feel like I'm fucking good enough. You know, no, no, no wonder. I feel like it's the, the, the things that I do are not good enough to make me worthy of love. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you're talking about how, you know, people deal with that where there's, it's inherited, it's part of their family dynamic, it's ancestral, it, it comes from, you know, God knows how many decades and centuries and millenniums of, of, of just trying to live up to something or trying to be something that we may not feel, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, that hit me pretty hard last night. And, you know, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> There's no, well, no let question. me carry on from there a little bit. Cause it also ties in what we were talking about too, Doug, that I feel like has helped me before where, where you're talking about, okay, this feeling is older than me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I can feel it from my childhood. I can feel it from uh, maybe an event that happened to me when I was young um, but it's also older than me. Hmm. And so then you, Oh, this feels like my dad. This feels like my mom. This feels like my grandma. This is exactly what my, uh, grandma would, would say or something. When you can imagine that and that it's older than you, then it's almost like sometimes you can imagine, you know, your parent coming and telling you what the same insecurities or fear or hurt that you're feeling. And what would you do? Just, you would just put your arms around your dad or your mom and love them. Um, and so giving that love to your ancestors, I mean, that's a way to start healing the ancestral psyche, you know, feeling what they felt and sending it love instead of rejection. And. Ooh, yeah. 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 And even just the simple act of recognizing is so healing because the moment Doug, that you recognize that pattern, you're like, Oh, that's what's happening everything shifts just the simple awareness of the patterns and the different things you might say, or that your parents say, or, you know, tendencies that we all have. I've had those moments where I'm like, Oh, that's why I'm this way. (laughs) There doesn't have to be like a huge ceremony around this pattern that I just uncovered. It's just now that I'm aware of it, I can make different decisions moving forward. Yeah. Find your, I like to call that my choice point. Like that's the first thing. And a lot of people are like, oh no, I have all this stuff. Like, how do I heal it? And I'm like, first, we just notice, just notice it. Notice when you're doing this thing. Notice yeah. when this is getting triggered because, and that's actually kind of like where it can end in some ways. Cause once you notice it, if you're aware in that moment, it's like, oh, well, I don't want to be like my mom. So I'm going to go do this instead. Yeah. And it's like a non-issue anymore because you, you, you're in your conscious awareness and now you have this noticing this thing to watch for. So it becomes, yeah, it becomes easier in that way. And I wanted to add too that. I, I really think that there's like, it can't be that it's futile for humans to feel random things, even if it's like from our ancestors or the collective consciousness Um, I remember one time a friend or like kind of an acquaintance, really cool gal was talking about how every morning when she showers, she grieves for the earth. So she allows herself to cry for mother earth and and move some of her pain through her and transmute it. And so, you know, it's kind of like, I feel like anytime that we're feeling something and we're working with it, we're helping you know, our ancestors or the collective or my future self or somebody in my family, like on the earth right now, wherever that's going to go. But we're, we're, we're healing as we feel any of this stuff, even if it's not ours, I think it's kind of, I don't know. That's just what kind of popped into my, my head. 
So this really dovetails perfectly into one of the topics we want to hit today, which is community, like a space, a container. Because it's one thing we're talking about, you know, holding that space within ourselves, but it can become more impactful. And this is something that plant medicine has taught me is when you have someone setting a container for you, your process of holding those parts of yourself of for that alchemy or transformation to occur increases. And then when you get in a community where we're all processing the same shit together, I mean, Doug, you came in and started talking about that, uh, what you're going through, Brittany, you've been feeling the same thing, went to a medicine journey. Shalice, you've been talking about it. It's coming up. It's coming up for so many people right now. And so when collectively we can get together and hold space for each other, as we're all feeling through the same shit, that's some real alchemy that can start happening. Hmm. Yeah. Level up. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk yeah. about leveling up. So yeah. you're uh, Brittany, you are a member of the community and you are a nevermo. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so one, how did you get connected with us in the community? And let's just talk about what it's like being in, being a nevermo in a community of healing exmos. Yeah. Wow. Well, how did I get here? It's like a series of synchronicities that like are too intense to even (laughs) like piece them all together. Um, But essentially I had uh, started, I was, I was pulled into a group of three other people. One of whom uh, is Peter who works on your guys podcast. And I was pulled into that group because they wanted to start creating some sort of a community thing. And so we just started meeting once a week and throwing ideas around, really wanting something to just emerge naturally. Um, and we literally just called it this community thing for a while. And then turns out, and then Peter found the uh, like a, a community building course. And at the same time, he was helping you guys out. So our two communities started like forming uh, around the same time. I think, I think you guys had a head start on, on, on us on the mighty network. He kind of like pulled me in and I got to meet Adrian and I got connected with you, Mike, for the, for my podcast episode too. I think this was before I was even pulled into any mighty network stuff actually. So it kind of was like, I met Mike first through Peter because of the podcast and then the community stuff just started like happening and yeah, and then I met Adrian and uh, Peter's like, I think you should come down to Utah and, and come, you know, come meet some of these people and, and you know, see, see what happens. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember like being like, yeah, I, I, well, yeah, I guess I could like, they're really cool. They seem really cool. Uh, and I started sort of getting into this space of like doing the scary thing. And I was like, well, this terrifies me, so I should probably do it got to know some of y'all a little bit more before I went down, like, especially, um, with Adrian. And so kind of felt like I had like a little bit of connections in and then, yeah, just meeting everybody just, I mean, never know who, cause I feel like I like fit, like I slid right in somehow, like, and I don't even know how yet. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that, you know, I, I have quite an extensive background in my own religious programming, (laughs) Um, you know, from, from being a little kid and then, and on, and then going to Catholic school my whole K to 12. So yeah, I got, I got a full education in religious programming 
as well. So I get it. Like when you guys talk about any of this stuff, I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. And I haven't even dove into most of mine. So it's probably also why I'm like drawn to all of y'all. Cause I'm like, Hey guys, I got some stuff to unpack and I really don't want to, but uh, yeah, here we are. <laughs> Can we unpack that? Like, what was it like going to Catholic school? Oh, uh, <laughs> boy. oh my God. That might be a whole other episode. <laughs> it was, but it was interesting because I, I was very like, I wasn't Catholic. I was, I was like, Baptist Christian. Oh. And then we, we kind of hop churches and stuff too. So like probably more Protestant bath Baptist. Uh, I don't even know. I got into the school because my dad was Catholic. You had to have a Catholic parent or something. My dad was baptized in the Catholic church. So I got in cause it was, uh, my parents thought it would be like a better education for me. Um, cause it was like smaller class sizes and things like that. They thought I'd do better. So I was very like, and Catholic the whole time, which was like, probably not very fun for anybody. Uh, I was constantly like asking questions in religious studies class and like writing papers on stuff to like stir up a little bit, like just sacred shit to serve her. I I was just trying, you know, I was just, just pointing things out here and there and, uh, pushing the edges as much as I could during school. And like, yeah, trying not to laugh during mass and, oh God, we were just little shits. (laughs) We really were. So, yeah, but, uh, but the, but it was, it was a great education. It actually was. <laughs> I think it's all the brainwashing part, and shame. Oh, right. <laughs> I think the best part is that, and it just came to me, maybe you don't realize, but you going to that school and raising your hand and asking all the hard questions could have planted seeds in other kids. Ooh. You could have been like the seed planter. You were there to infiltrate. Oh yeah. Oh, right? totally. I probably, I totally was. Cause I feel like that's still what I do now. I just, I'm, I'm way less uh, graceful or something. It's like, as a kid, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just sprinkling. Who knows what's going on now? I'm like, Wait, you're like all in there. the infiltrating sacred shit stirrupper. Wait, what did you call it? In- infiltrating sacred shit disturber. Yeah. That's right And Peter and I, like we'd have conversations, you know, about the Mormons on mushrooms community and, um, you know, and, and about, we talked a lot about like echo chambers and stuff too. And he's like, I think it'd be good to like bring you in and just kind of like shake things up a little bit and, you know, kind of bring in a different perspective and I was like yeah okay cool and you guys are I mean I really like you guys and it seemed really cool and and like I said I was like I was hooked after the first time I met you guys all of y'all and yeah it was uh well that's magical I'd I'd love to talk about the echo chambers thing because you know Mm -hmm. I think that we can recognize some of the echo chambers that we get into and then sometimes we feel like when we're in one that makes us feel safe or makes us feel like this is where I want to be. We don't see it's warts. We, we, we don't, mm-hmm. we don't even maybe sometimes recognize it as an echo chamber, right? It's easy yeah. to look politically like uh, Democrats are on an echo chamber. Republicans, Mormons are on a Catholics are on an echo chamber. Jacksonville Jaguars fans are on an echo chamber, you know, all that <laughs> kind of stuff. But that, I, that, I think that that is just as much true within the community we find ourselves, right? Uh, you know, we're on the Mighty Networks, or we're in the uh, Mormons on Mushrooms Facebook, or we're in this kind of esoteric kind of, uh, we're all trying to do self-improvement and get in one, at one with ourselves and figure out our chakras. Like that can also 
lead to some pretty major disruptive and dangerous echo chambers, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. once again, I've made a statement on the fucking podcast that is like, okay, well, what do we say from there? Oh, what's your favorite color? (laughs) I do that all the time. I'm like, whoops, I should have. And it's uh no, no. And the, I mean, this is really good. Yeah. Like it's interesting because, you know, this is what humans do. Like we, we do though. I mean, we come by it so honestly, we set up these echo chambers, right? It's like, I find people that are like me and people that have the same interests and stuff. So we can actually hang out and talk about stuff. And, and then, you know, and if I keep doing that and doing that and niching further in, then I I've got myself in quite a nice echo chamber. And, and I've tried to always just keep that in mind because it's, it's just like almost no way of avoiding it in some ways. What I've noticed, like some of the downloads or stuff that's been coming to me around this, you know, it really comes through all the illness stuff that I went through since late 2019 because there's internal echo chambers and external echo chambers, right? Some of the stuff we're talking about earlier where you have like some voice in your head that's like, you're a piece of shit or like, you look horrible and that, or you don't, who do you think you are in that dress? You know, that like all of that is like, it's all an echo chamber in there. And if we don't either work with that or move some people out or pull some new perspectives in, then it's just like, bing, 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 just bouncing around inside of us. Right. And so, you know, it's the same, like, as above, so below kind of vibes, right? So it's the, there's internal and external echo chambers. And like, when I got really sick, and I was in a lot of pain, um, I became isolated in new ways, you know, and, and this also just went right into COVID too. So I wasn't the only one becoming isolated in new ways. So it was kind of interesting. I just had like a three month start on everybody. <laughs> I was like, Oh, Hey, welcome everybody. <laughs> My boring life staying at home, except for you're probably not in pain. So just be happy that you can just enjoy yourself and bake sourdough bread, you know? But I, so I was isolated in those ways. And then what happens is like, you know, and a lot of people felt this during COVID, like your mind kind of goes a little dark, just goes a little dark and you kind of get a little lost in there. And uh, yeah. And so that in itself becomes this massive echo chamber too. being in that and being isolated and not having those perspectives or like, I didn't have, you know, I had all of a sudden moved two hours away from my friends, my partner at the time, like living in my parents' basement by myself, everything I knew was gone. And I'm just in here now in with all my pain, just bouncing around and it it didn't go well. And I made it through, but that is a dark night of the soul, you know, now we could be actually looking at what y'all have been through is almost like an extended dark night of the soul. It's like a very slow gas lighty. Uh, You guys didn't know you were in a nightmare, but you were (laughs) like, uh, it's almost like the Midsommar movie, right? Where they're like, no, it's cool. It's fine. They're really great. It's fine. And they're like, are they though? And there's some people are like, I don't know. That movie People start disappearing. By the way, right? I need to watch it. I, it's come up so many times that I want to watch it, and it seems to oh. pop up. And I, yeah, I should watch it. It's a lot. It's intense for sure. Like it's pretty dark. I mean, 
I love, I love, I love that stuff. <laughs> really. Yeah. That's, that's why I, that's why I get terrified trips when I trip on Friday the 13th. I'm like, yeah, I know I put it all into my brain. So this is what I get. I'm going to scare the shit out of myself. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I tangented. <laughs> no, and, and I swear, um, I want to keep going on this echo chamber thing. Um, and, but I, I want to, um, there's a question I kind of want to ask you first. I think it will tie in, but like, yeah. what, what is your view of Mormons right now? as far as like, you've learned a probably a shit ton about us. Like, and you were, yeah. you were talking about a little bit there that you, ha- you see the church is so much more almost like damaging than we did or it, or sinister, I guess. Mm. But is that putting words in your mouth or? I, it's, um, yeah. No, like me, no, like, yeah, just kind of like seeing you, you guys being on this dark night of the soul journey, because it's like, you, you know, you go in and you've lost yourselves and now you're like these, like, you know, I'll bake you some bread and take care of your kids for you. Make you jam. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Right. Like, and, and then, and then at some point there's something inside you that's like, what's happening? Like what, this is, what is going on? And, And you slowly start to wake up to that reality. Um, but it makes sense though, how it, it hooks people for so long because it's like the perfect echo chamber, right? It's just like, it is like the, think about it. Oh no, you can't come in the, you can't even come into the temple, honey, unless you're, you're Mormon. And I don't even know how else it works. I, I know that I worked with a lot of people who, you know, um, would, would deal with excommunications. So, you know, they weren't allowed in the temple when their parents are, you know, whatever's happening or somebody's getting married and they have to sit out in the parking lot. And I'm like, Jesus, what kind of a religion is this? That was me. This is, that's horrible. So yeah. horrible. It's like, ew, you're dirty. Sit in the parking lot. Like, fuck you. Anyway, I didn't like when they would have to go through that, but um, yeah, like, sorry, I'm losing myself again. You guys, my no, mental is good. starting to wear off. Yeah. It's, it's so honest and amazing just to like see the outsider's perspective. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I mean, you, you've been, you've been in it and that echo chamber, like there's so many rules and everything that keeps you really inside there, right? Like even things like, um, you're not supposed to drive in cars with, with the opposite sex or whatever. Like you're not supposed to be alone with the opposite sex. Like there's really like, there's just not a lot of opportunities for y'all to like be woken up in there. Um, and yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I, I can't take credit for this. It's not my idea, but I also don't want to like talk about whose idea it is. So just, it's not my idea. Somebody was ta- talking about this last night with me around, like, like we talk about re- some religions or, and especially with Mormonism and stuff, I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like very much a cult, right? Oh, yeah. Like by all, you know, standards. Definitions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you come from a cult which definitely uses echo chambers. And now you've created a new version of this that is similar enough that it's comfortable, like, because that's a big thing to come out of. That's a lot of trauma. So y'all are like, oh my God, you got out too. get over here. Like, let's all just like cuddle for a minute because holy shit, what just happened? Or what's real life, you know? So, so, but then the, the risk of what happens is you, all you've known is cult programming and echo chambers, are you going to start to create that over here? And how do we make sure that we don't, right? Yeah. So that's where I think bringing in different perspectives, you know, mm-hmm. I know that I've, I've heard that 
you guys are getting more listenership from, you know, other ex-religion, religious folks that are leaving different, all different kinds of religions now, you know, and I'm like, yeah, like, sweet, let's bring in all these different perspectives. Cause at the bottom of it, even though you guys call it Mormonism, other people call it other things. And like, I call it my dark night of the soul endometriosis experience. Like it's, oh. it's all got different names, but it's all boils down to the same stuff. We're all fighting the same demons. We're all trying to integrate our parts that feel shitty or not good enough. You know, our, our little monsters, we're trying to love them and not be scared of them. We're all trying to do the same stuff. Right. So Okay, that's all. Yeah, that was great because, like, I was just thinking that the thought came to me as we were talking about echo chambers, and you were talking about there was something you did with your hands that made me think of it. That kind of the louder the echo chamber, the more we're trying to quiet within us. Yeah. Right. So I'm thinking of two instances. Say that again. The louder, the louder the echo chamber, the more we're doing it to drown out our own internal voices that are shouting at us. Wow. And there's two examples that I'm thinking about. One, you guys, I used to be an avid Fox News watcher. I haven't shared this before on the podcast. And I hope. Are you okay? Well, that's what I'm saying. So I, I, so when I got home from my mission, right, I, I grew up in a very conservative home, very Republican, uh, and was was very, very loud echo chamber of Davis County. Went to Brazil and was already was feeling that dissonance of like, oh, the world is so much bigger than rural Utah. And I love other countries. I love other people. I love cultures. I, I, I see poverty and I'm thinking different about immigration now. And I'm, it's starting me on a pendulum swing to the left. And so for those first two years being back from my mission, I binged Sean Hannity. I binged O'Reilly. I was in it because my internal dissonance was so loud. That was a way I could drown it out. And then the other example is when I'm leaving the church, I studied. So I read so much shit. I listened to every conference talk for like three years. I was processing it. I was trying my best to drown out the doubt inside me that was just starting to scream. And in other words, we're, I think we're used to it in the Mormon culture <laughs> and it's easy then on the ex-Mormon side, the ex-Mormon Reddit is the loudest subreddit of any ex-religious group is because yeah. you now are on the other side and you've got that inner, I've got that inner Mike missionary being like, what are you doing? You're going to hell. You're uh, you really think that, you know, the church isn't true. And even though consciously I'm like, yeah, it's not true. It's bullshit. And uh, my subconscious is like, well, no, what do you, what do you, what about all we've been taught? What about the social kingdom? What about sons of perdition? <laughs> so now I have to drown that out. Yeah. Uh, or go in and clear it out. Yeah, right. Get it out. Man, yeah. there's so much. Like, it's like to echo what y'all have said, and then you got to do it. You just got to do it, right? You got to get in there. But it's so much easier said than done, you know? It's so hard. Mike, I will uh, join your confession. I one time went to a speech that Sean Hannity gave. And then afterwards, I stood in line and had him sign my copy of his book. And I don't know, man, I feel like I've got Osama bin Laden's signature or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, yeah, so it's tough. So what are the ways that that we try to 
keep ourselves in check to those external echo chambers and the internal echo chambers? Like what, what do we, how do we keep that balance? Mm. I don't know. I'm asking, yeah. like I've fucking no, I, no I, answer. I, I've got one, one thought real quick. And I want to hear, you know, Brittany and Shalice, your take on it. Um, Cause I just want to share an experience that it kind of ties into the, the Facebook community. That's uh, um, our Facebook community that now we're saying we don't want to hold the space for it. But we want to point people there. So it's like Mormons and Mushrooms unofficial Facebook community. And that way it sets the, that community free to be what it needs to be. And we don't have to police it. And it's just is what it is. And it's still, a, it's a beautiful community. I think it opens it up to be even better in that way. Um, there was a discussion on there that I really appreciated because it ties into, we did that uh, Mormon Palooza one, and we talked about reclaiming Mormonism and what we did on the road show. And there was some chatter of like, no, reclaim Mormonism. Like you're, it's a Stockholm syndrome to like, you're, you're reclaiming your abuser. Hmm. And people were comparing it to like, if you were uh, like a, a Nazi, would you uh, reclaim Nazism? I know we always go to extremes with Nazism, right? And it, it turned into a very lively, it, it shows the complex emotions involved in all of this. And the community can hold space for that and show different voices and different experiences. Because to some people, yeah, they might think, oh, they might look at the Mormon church like Nazi Germany, it ruined my life. And I don't want that. I don't want to be associated with it at all. While some other people could be like more of a, like a, an Orthodox Jew. Or it's like, no, I don't believe any of it, but I am culturally Jewish. I am an unorthodox Jew. And so some people might say, I am Mormon to my core. I want to reclaim that part of me. And it's all valid and it's all valid to express. And so I loved having that discussion in our community and that our community, I hope, can hold space for those kind of type of conversations going forward. Yeah. I think that that's really part of it too. Like it's, it's kind of like take what resonates, leave the rest. Like one thing that I really love about the Exmo community that I've found is like, you you y'all are so good at organizing and like making (laughs) shit happen. And you guys actually show up to shit. Like, I don't know if, you know, Facebook events, right. Some you have like 40 people RSVP and like at least half will show up, you know, it's kind of usually rule. That's not the case with you guys. Like you guys commit to things you do, you can do things, you mobilize people, you know how to form teams. It's fucking beautiful. Like there's so many transferable skills (laughs) and I'm just like, and, and what's really beautiful too. I think about, you know, reclaiming parts of this is that what I see also in, in, in most of y'all, I guess, probably not everybody, but most of y'all have, this beautiful internal ethical, like compass, you have this beautiful compass and this, like you are good people at your core. And we, I believe that all of us are, um, but like, especially (laughs) y'all and, and, you know, and so that's something I really love too. And so there are pieces, I think, because it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Right. And I know this is going to like, this is going to be intense, but you went there with the Nazis. So, I mean, really (laughs) there probably is some stuff about people's experiences in Nazism that they did enjoy. 
maybe it was just getting to march around a lot and get lots of exercise and your arms were great because you you know at least one arm or whatever it was good doing a lot of that that symbol but i don't know you know I'm, i can't it's hard for me to find you know but but that's the thing is in all of this dark shit or all of the worst things you know there's 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 something that we get out of it or that we can find that we want to actually keep you know even our monsters it's like well you're really good at destroying shit so why don't we just go destroy the patriarchy instead you know instead of myself <laughs> right so yeah i think yeah. reclaiming in that way well i imagine what a lot of them get is a sense of belonging with it all right and that's what we got um so how do you does the echo chamber take away from that sense of belonging or the, the echo chamber adds to that. So if you're saying we want to like be mindful of echo chambers and hold space Mm -hmm. for them, does that lessen the degree of belonging or can we have both where it's belonging and dissonance or discord? Hmm. Well, immediately I want to go to like, it has to be both. Hmm. Cause, because that's what the name of this game is. Like we live in duality, but yet when we take psychedelics, we experience often states of non-duality where it's like, Whoa, okay, wait, never mind. Everything's connected. Like I, I can see how I had to go through this to get here to do this. And this person had to be like a dick and like, thanks man, actually appreciate you. And, you know, and so, yeah, we can like, we can see the the interconnectedness of everything and accept it more when we're on psychedelics. But when we come out of that state, you know, our brains are not firing on all cylinders anymore. And we start to come back to the world of duality of preference of, I like this. I don't like this. Um, and then that's where we get into trouble because we start pushing away the reality and not accepting, you know, all of it. Mm. I've been thinking as you guys have been talking about like what people get out of Mormonism. And honestly, I was like, Oh, what did I get out of Mormonism? And in my head, I'm thinking, what did I get that I couldn't have got just by having nice parents? Right. Cause some people, um, most people say, well, if I wasn't raised Mormon, who knows what kind of person I would be like, you were talking about the moral compass is very strong, but I like to think that I still wouldn't be a murderer if I wasn't raised yeah, Mormon, you know, yeah, like, exactly. okay. So what, what did I get out of Mormonism that I couldn't have gotten from just having great parents? And the first thing that came to my mind was what I got out of Mormonism was learning to see through the bullshit because I learned how to question my reality. And I learned how to research like a mofo and I learned how to stand up on my own and make my own decisions and for my own opinions and how to recreate myself. And that is a skill that I wouldn't have had if I didn't have Mormonism to start. And that is how I continue to kind of bash away my echo chamber is when I start to see myself circulating in these same patterns, I go, do I really believe that still? Like, I know I learned about spirit guides, but do I really believe that? Or you know, we talk about aliens all the time. I learned that, but how do I really feel about them now? Or has new evidence come across my desk to make me question something? So I think staying curious is a great way to get rid of the echo chamber and also holding your beliefs loosely. Mm -hmm. There was a post from Phil Drysdale, who we've had on um, our threesomes before. He posts great stuff about deconstruction 
affecting Christianity. And he said something like, do you still believe in God? And if so, how do you think it works? Blah, blah, blah. So I wrote something, something like, well, I don't think God is a, a man or a woman. I think he's a, a formless being that, you know, isn't a he or a she and, and just created everything. I believe we're part of God. And, you know, I just went on, we, we already know, but he commented back like, well, that's easy to spot the psychedelics user. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's me. And then I said, however, the difference is I'm open to that changing all of the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's key is, yeah, this is what I believe today, but it could be different tomorrow. And not only is that okay, it's actually preferable because that means I'm growing and continuously asking questions and not just staying in the same place where I landed. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you just mic drop. I, th I feel like I I you it. nailed it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's um, the curiosity thing. Right. And like, I think too, the thing about echo chambers is like being like, it's almost like if we're talking about just noticing again, like notice, right. Like you're talking about notice when I start to loop or get into mm -hmm. these, you know, Oh, I'm really, the echo chamber is really in my ear right now. And I'm starting to lose, you know, what do I think about this? Cause it like, who cares what everybody thinks? What, what the fuck do I think? Yeah. Does that even fit? Like, and, and continually questioning to break. Yeah. To break that. Um, oh, I had another point. Oh yeah. The pieces around like, like deconstructing. It's essentially like anytime that we attach ourselves because you talked about this too, Shalise, like anytime we attach ourselves too tightly to an identity or something, like we're in trouble because the minute I attach too much to something, it usually gets pulled away forcefully and not so fun ways. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, hold on lightly to your beliefs, to who you fucking think you are, to how you think this all works, because maybe it changes tomorrow. Maybe we all wake up and like, purple has been replaced by a new color or something, you know, or the, or are the aliens really going to come? I mean, maybe, I mean, we're, we're close. We're closer than we ever been in human history to the point where the aliens do come. Right. So yeah, hey, that's something. Right. But yeah, it's like, how do we know? I don't. And the more I do, the more psychedelics I do, the less I know. Yeah, consistently <laughs> like, you know, and now I just kind of get like, I get how, you know, some of the, the, um, like gurus and stuff, how they would just laugh, you know, cause like, they're like, yeah, haha, or keep going, keep trying to figure it out because you can't. Gosh, and, I love that. Yeah. Cosmic joke, right? <laughs> the cosmic joke. Yeah. yeah. Hold on lightly, folks, because it's all got to go anyway. So, you know, when I think about echo chambers, I'm like, well, blow them up or don't or keep them or whatever you decide to do, you know, but stay curious in there if you're going to enter one. And if you're in one in your own personal life, like when I got sick, if I ever have to go back into a space like that, I just need to remember you're in the fucking hell chamber. The hell echo chamber. Okay, Brad, it's going to get really fucking weird in there. You know, you're going to think you don't know who you are anymore. It might end. No guarantees, I guess, but it usually does, you know, and it's just like, okay, don't forget where I am. Don't forget who I am in it. Oh, yeah. Hey, otherwise, Shalise, I loved your, I loved your comment about what you got from Mormonism. <laughs> Thanks, and Doug. 
I mean, I, that, 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 that really was cool. And, and Britt, you're making me think of like this, that, that enlightened masters, you know, the people climb up to the top of some mountain and sit in front of the master and they're like, what's, I have one quite, I would just have one question, you know, what is the meaning of it all? You know, and it's that laugh. It's that this, you know, it's everything, everything is the meaning of it all. You know, Douglas Adams, the answer to the great question of the universe is 42. It's like, it might as well be any fucking answer. It doesn't matter what, whatever, whatever word <laughs> or language or, or, you know, whatever I say, it, it, it is, mm-hmm. it is. And that's, I love that you talk about it. the more I do psychedelics, the more I'm like, man, when I first did it, I was like, Oh, I get it. I get it all. I get everything. But then the more I do it, I'm like, dude, I don't know. Fucking up from down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's very humbling experience. It is, yeah. And it's funny how one can shift. I mean, Doug, it reminds me of our, our journey in Zion where like the mushrooms, we were in it and we're like, we're figuring it out. We're one with the earth and LSD is yeah. like, oh yeah, you were in that story. It was, you, did you love it? Did you love it? You want to switch it? We can just switch it. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Remember us looking across the sky and pointing yeah. to stars and being like, look, we just switched it. Perspective. There's a whole dude, there's a whole dude galaxy over there, you know, yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah. And then when you get in that story, yeah, you're going to be in it. It's going to be so yeah. great. And you're going to love, yeah, or hate it. You're going to, all things it. <laughs> Mike, we really went down there feeling like we were a couple of seasoned vets, like a couple of cool dudes, you know, going down to really pump up the jam. And we just cool got, our, we got <laughs> our butts kicked, dude. We got, like, that was no, that was no, no, no joke. <laughs> so can we talk about that for just a little bit? I mean, we've gotten kind of serious and playful, but also serious in this episode. So Brittany, what was your, like, premise and experience? like? getting into it like what how did you get into it and a fun maybe a fun interesting trip story yeah um how did I get into it uh oh mushrooms were first introduced to me it was my my ex-boyfriend's birthday so one of his friends was like we want to do this for his birthday and you have to come because if you don't come he's not going to do it and like it'll be weird and I'm like okay so I gotta do mushrooms for the first time no pressure and I, and I was really still in like some, I just started smoking weed, but I was still very like in the like drugs are bad program. So I wasn't really sure how I felt about it. It definitely wasn't like ceremonial. It was, it was quite intense and interesting. Um, but from there, I got sort of slowly led into electronic music and then went to my first Shambhala music festival in 2012. Ooh. What is, is that, what is Shambhala? Is that a... Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys probably don't know. So Shambhala Music Festival is like the biggest electronic music festival in in Canada. Um, There's like 15,000 people um, that go. And yeah, it's it's and it's like in the vibes are just like next level. It's like uh, it's unlike any festival in the world kind of a thing. It's kind of its own vibe. And so people talk about, you know, Shambhala. It's on it's on this like this like private farm in British Columbia. So like right in like the, the Salmo river Valley, this beautiful area. Um, and yeah, we call it the farm and the farmily and yeah, it's just like the magic is, is okay. there. Sorry to interrupt yeah. but I just want to say, um, I think we should do a Mormons on mushrooms goes to Shambhala. Oh yeah. You guys could do a theme camp at Shambhala. Shambhala is, uh, 
It's, ooh, it's intense. I, I thought I'd go every year, but like getting sick and, and COVID and all the things, it's just been like, whoa. But I attended like 6.25 Shambhala's. Went to, I had a one day pass for one. Okay. We went for a Sunday and we stayed just, just till the Monday. So we went on, went in on Sunday afternoon. Right. Sorry to interrupt you. And I want to go back to your story, but is that, was Shambhala where you had, you, you tell a, an amazing story. Um, in fact, you introduced me to new music. Moon Tricks is still on my late regular yeah. rotation. But you tell, and I love the way you tell it. And like, I, I felt like I was there with you when you told it. You tell an amazing yeah. story about being at a festival and maybe being in an altered state. Mm-hmm. And, and this electric dance music harmonica just came rattling through your entire bones. And you took, like, you went in the whole thing. It was like a roller coaster through. Yeah. I mean, was that at Shyamala? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew it. All yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, that was, uh, I mean, the thing is, is that Shambhala, it's like, and this is, you know, I guess this is kind of relevant because solstice, solstice is coming up. So, you know, at, at Shambhala, it's like, if you allow yourself to go into, like, tap into the, the grid or the energy that's there and like follow, follow what's right for you, which is, you know, what we're trying to talk about here is like getting down to the core of like, what do I want? Maybe it's, I want to go get a pretzel or I want to go and sit by myself by the river for a minute, or I want to go dance with, with my friend and look, there they are on the dance floor already. Oh my God. Right. It's like, (laughs) just follow the magic. And then you end up meeting these amazing people or having these interactions and like, I was I'm following magic at Shambhala and I ended up at the moon's tr- moon trick set just on time. Um, and I got a pretty decent spot, like right by the speakers. And I looked up and there's this, um, there's this, <laughs> you can see my tattoo. It's a, it's a dream catcher that they've made out of branches, like in this giant tree and they made it all out of branches and stuff. And I'm looking up at that and Moontrix is playing their song home. Yeah. And my, and I'm just, and my, like my heart burst open and I could feel it. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm home, but not just Shambhala. Like I'm home in myself. Like mm-hmm. I can, I feel at home. I found my home within myself in that moment. And that's why I got this tattooed on me. So I'd never forget, but yeah, just tapping into that true sense of who I really was and like, Oh my God, I, I can do this. I've come home. I know what, I know who I am in that moment. I knew who I was fully and entirely. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, I had my awakening at Shambhala in 2013. Um, Wait, so that wasn't your awakening? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) That might've been the same. Is that the same year? God, I don't even know. They all blend together. Yeah. I mean, that one felt like an awakening. (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like coming, well, coming home to that part of myself, you know, finding my home within finding that safe space within where I was like, I got this. Like, wow. It's, you know, it's all okay. No matter what, no matter what. So tell us about the other story. You can't just leave us <laughs> like that. Oh that gosh. Was, that was from me interrupting your. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. I don't know. I, I had my awakening experience. Um, and uh, from there I was just kind of like, Oh, okay. Wait a minute. Like, 
I, I gotta, I gotta study this. I gotta figure this out. I gotta, you know, it, it set me, it was like everything that I'd been learning about non-duality and everything um, from my professor at, at the time that I was just starting to sort of get into these non-dual groups and things like that. It proved it. Like it, it was, I was like, oh my God, non-duality is the truth. Okay. Great. We've, we, fed, we picked the right one. Cause I, cause I've been in different <laughs> religions. Right. So I'm like, fuck, which one do we pick? I'm like, okay, I must pick the right one. Cause I just experienced it. I, I became, um, I, I basically, I, I disappeared like all of a sudden it was like, which was nice. What was nice about it is it was like somebody shot me out of myself. So I didn't have to like try to hang on or get all freaked out. Mm. It was just like, all of a sudden I was gone. And, uh, all that I was, was a big, it was like, I was in a big river of light. It was just all the rivers. That's so cliche, but this is what it was. It's like big river of light. I could hear the festival. Um, and I could feel everyone that was in that festival in this river with me. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm everything. Like I'm all of them and they're all of me. And like, we're all the same and it's all the same and it's all love. And I was like, oh God, this sounds so cheesy, but it's true. And, and I mean, the freaky part was when I came out of it, I think it's because my, I was with my, my boyfriend at the time, he'd had a similar experience. However, I got to go up and he went down. Uh, yeah. Ooh, he had an, he had an, he had an ego death experience, the poor guy. And he, you know, didn't know what was happening. And of course I'm like, I'm just gone. I don't even know where I am. So, and then, and then I come back and the first thing that I do, which is like, I wish I knew he was suffering in this moment, but I just like, I was like, Oh my God. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I was like, this isn't real. You're not real. I'm not real. Who am I? Who are you? you're not real. This isn't real. And I just started like, and he's like, Brett, like what the, Hey, Hey, Whoa, Whoa. Like, yeah. And so I probably made it really traumatic for him. This was before I learned anything I I knew about psychedelics. I just started getting into the rave scene and like, it was supposed to be something we were given and it wasn't that it was way more uh, psychedelic than what we thought. So, um, yeah. So the, he's okay now. Uh, I think, yeah, he's okay now, but it, it, it was really intense for him. He almost didn't come back from that. So you gotta be careful with this stuff too, because oh, you know, yeah. once you, mm-hmm. once you open that door, you, you can't close it either. Yeah. Anyway, so that, yeah. So I, I, I woke up and, uh, and then I was like, Kate, this happened to me at Chambala. This must be happening to other people at, at festivals and Burning Man and all these places. And I wanted to study um, the, the transformational effect of these exceptional human experiences um, at festivals and like what was happening, if it was, how was it manifesting? What was it doing to, to people? You know, how was it transforming them? And then how did they work with it? How did they integrate it? Um, so I, I did this study on people that had been to Shambhala and Burning Man or Burning Man and had experiences there. And some some people, uh, I have, I think, one or two in there that were not on any substances either. So it's not just about the drugs, but there were drugs. There was a lot about the drugs in there. Um, but yeah, so I studied it because I was like, I need to, something's happening and I need to know what's going on. And, and I want to prove that this is a thing. And so I did. Yeah. And and I got to study it and that just led me to like, you know, starting to go to psychedelic 
conferences, like psychedelic psychotherapy forum out in BC and um, different, different trainings and things and just meeting different people and getting involved with the psychedelic medicine community, like local community that we had up in Calgary. And yeah, just a bunch of kind of just, it's like, I decided I was going to do that thing. And then as soon as I did, it just opened up the whole world of, of psychedelics for me. Um, like, yeah. And it's just been like, I can't, the synchronicities and the weird, like how I met so-and-so, like even how I met Peter, there's like weird, there's so many weird different connections. It's like, wait, what? Of course though. Yeah. You know, we're all in the mycelial network. (laughs) (laughs) So Britt, I think that a lot of people listening, I mean, I'm the experience that I'm having tonight, just with, uh, with you, uh, sharing this with us and, and holding this space. I kind of feel like I've been greedy tonight. I've been getting a lot of benefit from all three of you, but I think there's probably people listening. They might want to also have that experience or is there a way that people can find you? Are you on social media? Like how can people who are listening be like, I need more Brit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, Oh, the website's not up yet. I have a Calendly. Uh, no, but, uh, I don't know. Is it, is it safe to give out my email? Cause I could do that. Like, Oh yeah. Email if you want to. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Inst- are you on Instagram? No, I see. I might, I'm on there, but like, it's my personal thing. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little, I'm like that weird. I'm like that weird age where I'm like, I grew up online, but now I kind of hate it. So I'm like, nah, I can't do it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, well, figure out a way for people to find you and put you in. They can find you in the mighty networks, right? I mean, that's oh, a blast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm on, yeah, you can come and find me, uh, in, so you'll have to, it's like a little, now it's like a treasure hunt. Now they have to join the mighty <laughs> network to come and find me. <laughs> yeah. Come and find me in the mighty network and maybe I'll drop my, my email in, in your guys' show notes or something like that. Um, yeah, because I do offer different ways for people to to, you know, prepare themselves for these kinds of deep dives or experiences with different medicines, as well as, of course, you know, different harm reduction pieces, the after parts that are actually the most important integration um, aspects of things. And then really what I've, what I've started digging into um, and realizing is, you know, I guess a bit of a niche of mine, but um, realizing how many people aren't taught how to feel their feelings, like process their emotions. It's like, hello, you have a human. Your human comes with emotions. These you will feel in your body as feelings. This is how you deal with this feeling. It's like, that's what we need to teach ourselves. Right. And I'm like, man, if people are going to be doing plant medicines, like they're going to take something that cracks them open and they're feeling all their feelings at once. And they don't even know how to do that. Just like day to day. Right. So what I've started, you know, really stressing in in my work is teaching people like the skills that they need to human and feel and process and alchemize uh, this stuff. So I'm really passionate about those aspects and just really getting in as well and, and finding the roots of things that are going on because, you know, it's, it all kind of boils down to something else underneath. Usually our symptoms are, or our, what we're experiencing, like anxiety or something that's a symptom of something else is going on. So, you know, I could help you with your anxiety, but let's figure out what's actually going on. <laughs> and then just kind of pull it out from the root. 
Um, so that's what I like to do. Uh, and I'm also a, a, a clinical counseling hypnotherapist as well. So that's a way that we can get in and get in at that subconscious level where all the fun programming is and, uh, and make some changes without even having to take medicine, but still all using altered state of consciousness. So it's pretty magical. So those are some of the pieces I like to use. Wow. Jeez. Pretty I would love it. Oh, sorry, Doug. I just said she's awesome. Yeah, You're I agree. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I would love it if you taught a workshop over on Mighty Networks called This is How You Human. <laughs> Same. Oh That's such gosh. a good idea. How do human? This is how you human. Yeah. That. That's Dude, honestly like a good children's book. <laughs> Even the way yeah. you set it up is like, here's this blank, like meat sack. And here's how it's like, here's how it's going to work. Like, I don't think like when you were talking about that, I was like, oh, mine, the one I was told about was guilt and shame. And it's just like, yeah. everything has to feel the guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. Dude, I want, I want to take that course. Yeah. Well, thanks for the idea. And I think it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's cool too. Cause it can, it can be funny. It can be like, yeah. you know, I, I like adding humor into this stuff because it's so it's dark and it's intense. It's like, whoa, it's fucked up being a human guys. <laughs> like, yeah. It's fun and it's fucked, you know? So yeah. It's pretty fucked up. Right. Why did we decide to do this again? You guys <laughs> did we? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, Brett, um, can't thank you enough. Like uh, you're just a magical being, not only just like, in the community, ever since I met you, excited for you to launch your podcast eventually too. Yeah. But before mm-hmm. we leave, I just want to ask you one more question. Mm-hmm. And that is as a never Mormon in the Mormon community, and we talk about echo chambers and mm-hmm. um, can, how do you feel? Do you, do you, would you recommend, I guess, the community for never Mormons? And can the community transcend ex-Mormonism in a way? Oh, um, yes, I would recommend it. And I'm pretty sure I already have. I was like, telling some, well, I'm, I'm pulling one of my friends down for solstice. Like I've been like, come on, you got to meet all my cool friends. They're all ex-Mormons, but doesn't, ah. it's, it's like, doesn't even matter. They're like the coolest people you'll ever meet, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm like, I'm already trying to pull some, pull some, ne- some <laughs> other never mows in, uh, fully endorse expos. Yeah, for sure. And, um, um, Chet, what was the other question? I know I have can an we, idea. Can we transcend it being oh, an ex-Mormon community? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it's, here's the funny, th- it's kind of like, it's like, well, it would put you, put you all like ahead of everybody else, because I think it's like, at some point we're all going to have to realize that we're all just humans on this rock. And like, if we don't get over all of our differences and like exclusivities and things, we're going to, we're fucked. So, you know, it's like, I hope, I hope that that can happen. Um, because at the end, at the root of it, again, we've all been gaslit by, um, everything, (laughs) you know, whether that's, you know, even just like, did you go through the school system? Well, there's your gaslighting, there's your torture, like basically, you know, here's how to think. So I think, you know, we're all coming from the same stuff and we have more in common than we think, but what y'all have done by, by leaving that, that loud, like oppressive echo chamber, you know, is something that I think can inspire 
so many people who need to or want to do that, not just with Mormonism, but so many other things. And like, look at our systems and stuff right now. It's like, you know, let's show them that we can do it. And then like, let's show them how, because if we all hide in this echo chamber together, then we're doing okay. But what about everybody else? Right. So I think if we have a gift like this, it's kind of our duty to like share it. So, yeah, I hope, I hope that it can transcend that because y'all are really onto something and you've got something, you know, and there's so many people like me that have benefited from that. And I just, you know, I want to share it with as many people as I can. Hmm. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We're so happy to have you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Yeah. This has been fantastic. And the crying thing, I cried like three times tonight. I think my voice cracked a bunch. So Seth will clean that up in the editing, I guess. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Oh man, this was great. Thank you. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Thank you. And to all All a good night. And to all a good (laughs) night. Mm-hmm. All right. Love y'all. Love ya. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Mormons on Mushrooms podcast. We have so much fun recording it. And if you love it, we would absolutely love it if you could leave a review on wherever you get your podcasts. It would really help our visibility so more people can listen to it and be enlightened and hear our crazy stories. So thanks again for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs>